your mind grows with what you feed it. So if I'm constantly giving my mind images of no excuses and you just need to get it done, then that's what I grew to believe. And then I grew the belief in myself that I could do it. So that's how I got to that place. Welcome to the Outperform Podcast. My name is Scott Welly. I'm an author, speaker, and the founder of Outperform the Norm, a global movement that helps people achieve peak performance in their personal and professional lives. I've spent my life working with top performers in business as well as athletics, and each week it's my aim and mission to bring you an inspiring person to share their personal stories and insights, or perhaps it'll be a personal message from me, but with one very simple goal in mind, to help you outperform. Your time is precious, and I want to thank you for spending it with me here today. But just one small ask before we get started. If you find value from this podcast, the greatest way that you could possibly thank me would be to head on over to iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast platform happens to be and give it a five-star review. Also share it with somebody that you know that you would like to help outperform so we can all grow this movement together and strive to make the world a healthier, happier, higher performing place. Once again, thank you for being here. And without further ado, let's get started. Kelly Anderson, welcome to the Outperform podcast. How are you today? I am doing very well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you ready to rock and roll? I am. Let's do this. Yes. <laughs> All right. First things first. What does it mean to you to outperform and how do you define outperforming the norm in your life? Oh, really uh, outperforming. What it means is, I guess I should take a step back. When I look at an outperformer, when they make it look easy, right? Um, they make it look like they don't have challenges in their life, mm -hmm. but everybody does. And so what I think an outperformer does is they don't review, they don't view the roadblocks or obstacles as that, as just that, like that's just part of the journey and they just figure out how to get around it, how to get through it, how to maneuver it. And they make it look easy to the rest of the world. And, but really it's not because they have the same challenges and they just, they just get it done. They find a way no matter what to get it done, hit their goals, whether it's in fitness or finance or work, whatever, they just get it done. Uh-huh. So I, I'm going to dig into that just for a second because it, okay. I mean, you hear people say it about athletes all the time, like, oh, that person's just a natural born athlete or especially with what I'm doing now. I hear people talk about speakers this way where they're like, well, yeah. that person is just a God gifted natural speaker. But what you don't see underneath that is the thousands of hours and everything that goes into actually someone looking like they're just a natural or kind of right. a born person to do this. So is that kind of what you're referring to as far as an outperformer, just some of the struggles that we don't see behind closed doors? Absolutely. Like I think about, I hope I'm quoting this right. Um, and I'm probably dating myself like Jerry Rice, right? Great. Love phenomenal, Jerry Rice. <laughs> phenomenal wide receiver, right? Yeah, yeah. And he will say like, I wasn't the best wide receiver, but he showed up every day and practiced the hell out of his game. And our, obviously we still know his name. We associate him with being an amazing wide receiver, but he will say like, I wasn't the most talented person, right? But 
he made it look that way. And the reason that he did is all of the hours and hours that he put in developing himself and his skill and obviously his amazing ability. Yeah, I was a huge Jerry Rice fan. I mean, I'm a fan of anybody that is truly the GOAT or the greatest of all time in anything. Like we can learn we can learn from successful people in any industry and the people Mm -hmm. that end up getting to that highest level. So before I have you go into your own individual outperforming story, which I'm super excited for you to talk to people (laughs) about, why don't you just let the audience know a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Okay. So I am, um, I work in insurance sales in a sales organization for group insurance. And I lead a team that does service delivery. So we um, execute daily on helping our customers with whatever they need. Um, again, I think I said it was group insurance sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm married. Uh, my husband's firefighter. I have two teenage boys, <laughs> as you might imagine. I have a lot of uh, boy humor in my house. As I like to say, I live with half a dozen nuts. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, that pretty much sums me up, right? A mom and a uh, a wife and a worker and sure. dedicated to myself. Sure. How large is your team at uh, at your insurance company? So I have about 12 people who report to me between uh, Minneapolis and Denver. Okay. And have you been in that position for a while? Yeah. Oh, like 10 years, eight years, 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's go into your outperforming story. Yeah. What is it? And talk to the audience a little bit about it. Yeah. So um, it was back in about 2015, February of 2015. And I woke up. And, so four uh, years ago, almost. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Almost. Yeah. I woke up and I was having problems breathing and I was having kind of some pain in my left side. And, you know, I'm, I read WebMD, right? So I know that like, this probably could be a heart attack. It could be a stroke. Like I have something going on here, right? And um, it was right in the middle of a very crazy time in my work life. Um, I had some different office offices that I was handling and very, very high stress. And so um, I was just like, you know, I, I probably just need some water. Um, maybe I just, you know, whatever. Um, ignored the signs, you know, kind of tried to sleep and then went into the urgent care when they opened up and it was, it was a Sunday morning and um, figured out through CT scans that I had blood clots in both of my lungs. Um, And I, I flew a lot for work. Um, I was very overweight at the time and again, lots of stress. And so um, I was admitted to the hospital and uh, they put me on some blood thinner and kind of sent me on my way, right? I make that sound kind of easy, but that's that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And you can think that that would have been my wake up call, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't even phase me. Like I'm like, I have a son or two sons and a husband at home. You would think I would be like, okay, I probably should get my get a grip on my life, and I didn't. Um, but fast forward to September of 2016, so almost a year and a half later. Okay. You know, you're, Um, I finally, um, some dynamics in my work changed and I finally started thinking I need to get a hold of my life. And so, um, I thought about rejoining a gym that I'd hit, been a member at before and uh, I'm a big believer in signs. And so it just so happened that this particular gym, they were calling, reaching out to a former member saying, Hey, we have a special. And so I thought, 
okay, this, this is my sign. And basically I went to the gym knowing, of course I work in sales, right? So I walked in knowing they're going to try and upsell me on a package and, and whatnot. And so I, um, I rejoined the gym and I agreed to um, meet with a trainer, which is very outside of like what I would normally do because I was way overweight. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to put myself in front of a really fit person and try and become fit. Like, no, 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 no. That's not what I want to do. Um, but I did it for whatever reason. Um, you know, I believe God places the right people in your path at the right time. And mm -hmm. my trainer was placed right in front of me and we worked for two and a half years. And just as of a couple of weeks ago, I'm down 101 pounds. Wow. Yeah. 101 yeah. pounds. Yeah. Did, you, did you celebrate the 100 pound mark? Like when you got to that, was it a milestone where you said, okay, I'm going to do this or buy that? Or was there any special celebration? Uh, my trainer and I met and we had coffee, protein <laughs> coffee, protein coffee nonetheless. Um, and you would think, I, I always thought, because that's a really big number, right? Like that's what's yeah. That's what the draw is for the People magazine every January 1st is, you know, people are half their size. So yeah. I always thought, like, I'm going to hit 100 pounds and it's going to be amazing and I'm going to celebrate that because it is an accomplishment. And it came and it was like, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, what's my next goal, right? Mm -hmm. It just, my mind transformed so much in that 100-pound loss mm -hmm. that I found myself. And while it was, yes it's a, it's a great accomplishment. It, um, I didn't do anything really like huge for it, which I probably should have, but. Well, no, I mean, it's just, um, you know, I, I think, I, yeah, I think all performers and top performers are just, uh, they're more focused on the process than they are the kind of outcome. And, you know, it's, it's more about exactly. the journey, I guess, than the destination, totally. let's say. So. Totally. It's, it sounds to me like, and I'm sure we'll get into it, your journey is probably not close to done, so you're not really looking at the 100 pounds as necessarily a destination. Correct. Correct. So, I mean, there are so many different things that I want to dig into with this, and I'm just, the, the more days and years I'm on this planet, the, the more clear it becomes to me that we are very stuck in our ways and we don't want to change very much as humans. So I am always very interested in talking to people that have made these huge sweeping transformations. So to come back to, you said you were kind of hit with a wake up call with the, the blood clots and then you went a year and a half after that before you really did something about it. And I think you just said that dynamics in your life changed, but can you go a little bit deeper into that? Like we get, we get presented signs all the time on different things. We kind of choose right. whether we're going to see them and, and accept them. Mm -hmm. Was there anything specific that happened in that year and a half that made you like, okay, like I need to do something about this now? Um, not, I, my, like I said, my work dynamics shifted. So I, I gained responsibility for a different office, mm -hmm. um, a couple of different offices. And so it kind of actually gave me some breathing space, um, to probably assess my life. And that, that it, it was that time to stop and, and breathe and think, you know, I'm at the time I'm like, I'm mid forties, right. I have 
probably less road in front of me than behind me. So it's kind of like realizing that mortality. Mm-hmm. And then and then I think I had more people when they heard my my story, like, oh, I have blood clots in my lungs. Like I say it like it's no big deal. And people are like, what? Like, do you realize how lucky you are? And then I heard so many people say, I had a friend that had that and they died. So it kind of was like, okay, um, I probably shouldn't take my health for granted, mm-hmm. right? But we all do until mm-hmm. you don't have it anymore. And so really it was um, thinking about it, it was the, the opportunity to get my health under control. And what I absolutely did not realize is that it's really, the journey is not about getting your physical, the, the change in your physical self. That really truly is the byproduct of all of the work that goes on in your head. because. Mm-hmm you are with your self 24 seven. Mm-hmm. And so the, it's all the self talk that um, feeds your direct, your path basically. And so I really had to change my self talk um, of like, you need to get your life together. And um, once I had that breathing space to do that, then I actually listened. Mm-hmm. I am such a huge believer in that. And I mean, all of my life has been dedicated to helping people perform better with simplest term is brain and body, but you could call it psychophysiology. It's basically the mind and the body and how they interact and, mm-hmm. and you, who knows where, you know, one ends and the other starts and kind of vice versa because they're so intertwined. Uh, but I'm, I, again, I'm always so interested in this because, I mean, I will butcher the percentage if I try and, and cite the statistic, but there are a lot of people that have, you know, they'll go into the doctor and they'll have a heart attack or something and the doctor will look at them and say, hey, if you continue doing the things that you're doing right now, you are going to die. If you don't quit smoking, quit drinking, you know, not exercising, different things like that. And people will still not make the behavior changes to allow that to happen. So I'm very interested in it. And to go back to when you first started working with a trainer, what was your initial goal? Because I'm sure it wasn't like, you probably weren't even thinking about losing 100 pounds. So like what no. were, I mean, what, what, where were you at at that time and what were you kind of thinking? Honestly, I thought, okay, I'll meet with this guy and he'll give me a plan. And then I'll be like, I can give him the Heisman and be like, okay, thanks. And move on my own. Right. Uh-huh. Because I, you know, I, I'm smart enough. Right. We have these, these gadgets at our fingertips. Right. I can look up videos and even though I wasn't right, yeah. clearly I wasn't doing that. I could. And so my whole plan going into it was I'll just meet with him a few times, get a plan. And then I'll be like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And I'll be on my own. And mm-hmm. I thought maybe I'll, you know, see how much weight I can lose. And it really started as a weight loss um, journey, which mm-hmm. as most people do. I mean, it, it, it mostly starts as a weight loss journey. Um, and then it quickly turned into a mind transformation. And it was all about the change in my mindset, just the way I looked at food, the way I looked at working out, the way, I mean, just, it was all working. We, we worked a lot on the way that I thought about stuff. Mm-hmm. And the way that I dealt with emotions and which clearly was food, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some people, um, I would imagine yourself, you view food, uh, food as fuel. Like that's just, right? Whereas a lot of people view it as celebration and remorse and guilt and sadness and, and everything. And so there's so many emotions tied to food. So it's all unlearning that. And that's, that's what it 
you know, I started out with just this little simple plan, like, I'll just get a little bit what I need from him and then I'll move on. Right. Cause everybody, I mean, you like to think that you know how to handle your own stuff. Sure. But yeah. we don't. Yeah. That's, why tra- that's why trainers exist, right? That, that is why trainers exist. I actually yeah. started as a personal trainer way back in the day uh, when I was, I was doing sports psychology work, but I was also training people as well. So it's, it's why I'm very familiar with your story. So I always say that you condition the mind like you condition the body. I mean, the same way that you don't get fast from running one time, you don't get strong from lifting weights one time, you don't get right. quote unquote mentally tough or mentally strong from thinking positively mm-hmm. one day. So do you remember a specific kind of aha moment because anybody that meets with a trainer that was in your position is very skeptical of, you know, the results and I'm just, okay, I'll do this little thing and then I'll go on my own and I'll kind of take Mm -hmm. care of it. Was there one aha moment where the light bulb went on and you said, this is really working. And you know, that kind of overruled, I guess, the skepticism that you might've had. What, when I figured out that it was working was when I had gained the discipline to get up at four o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning and go, go and jump on my treadmill. Because when I first started, I was really doing like kind of two days really because I hated cardio yeah. and so I had to get that out of the way. And I was always the person who would... Be like, okay, I'm going to go to bed early because I'm going to get up at five and I'm going to do this. And then five o'clock would come and I'd hit my snooze button and then I'd self-talk like, oh, I'll do it tonight after work. And then I got in that cycle, right? Which is where a lot of people live. A lot of people live in that space. And I knew it was working when my discipline kicked in at that 5 a.m. mark or 4.30 a.m. mark and my alarm would go off and I would just get out of bed and I would be like... I have to embrace the suck. That's one of my favorite sayings. Embrace the suck. (laughs) Mine too. And yeah, embrace the suck and throw my shoes and go downstairs and get on my treadmill, right? Because life is going to pass me by no matter what. So I might as well do something productive with my time. And that probably is when I figured out like, hmm, my trainer's really working on, I mean, I'm, I, and I think it's a good, um, having been a trainer, you know, that when you find that good client trainer relationship, it's really kind of magical, right? Like it's, it's, it's the secret sauce that gets you to where you need to go. So, um, all the work that we had done in my mind, um, when I went to that place of discipline, that's when I knew like, ah, this is, this is it. This is really working. Okay. So maybe you can help the audience with this and perhaps you, Kelly Anderson can actually help Scott Welly with this as well, because I'll be honest with you, you're not going to see me at 4am. Like I'm not, I'm not going to join you at 4am. I'm not a morning person. I don't typically, I don't even do 5am. I think it's, Mm -hmm. there's a genetic component to it where my whole family has just always been night owls and I function a lot better at night than I do in the morning. But what specifically, how did you acquire that discipline for everybody out there because I've done it, you've done it, everyone out there has done it where the alarm goes off and you know that you should get up and do something, but there isn't really somebody holding you accountable to do it. So what specific things did you do that? I mean, how did that happen? I think that um, the number one 
thing. Well, for one, I had to be accountable to my trainer, right? Like in the beginning, I needed to be accountable to someone other than myself because I didn't care if I let myself down every day. I didn't really didn't care. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I also, I don't, I don't like to fail. So having this trainer and, and I checked in with him every week and, um, and I would grade myself on like how I performed and I did not want to tell him like I failed. Like, it, yeah, did I fail here and there? Absolutely. Cause yeah. it's not a perfect journey, but I wasn't going to tell him over and over again that I failed. So number one was being accountable to someone other than myself. Mm-hmm. And number two is, um, uh, having surrounding yourself with people and images and things that feed that no kind of that no excuses mentality, which I'm is, is very strong within me now. Um, like if you were to look at my Instagram feed or my Facebook, you know, friends, I follow people who legit are always like, I got my workout in today. I didn't want to do it, but I did it. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's, your mind grows with what you feed it. So if I'm constantly giving my mind images of no excuses and you just need to get it done, then that's what it, that's what I, I grew to believe. And I, then I grew the belief in myself that I could do it. So Mm -hmm. that's how I got to that place. Conversely, like if you're, if you're watching commercials all the time and you're filling your, your mind with McDonald's and you want to sleep on the couch wrong with McDonald's, right? Um, but and that's where you go. I mean, that's where we when you are around people that are like, oh, have that drink. Oh, you've been doing so so great. Like, have that piece of cake, right? Like, I now can be around those people and be like, no, I'm good. But in the beginning, I couldn't because I would give in because I gave up on myself. Mm-hmm. So, um, so having accountability to someone else and then the images and the people that I've surrounded myself with. Those have been the keys. Those are the keys to the castle. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure for you losing a hundred pounds is as unfathomable to people as me running a hundred miles. Like it just seems so right. far out there. It seems so untouchable. Yeah. So for somebody out there that maybe they just want to lose 10 pounds and they've tried before and they haven't been able to do it. What would your advice be for someone that is just getting started on whatever their journey happens to be? What advice would you give them? Start small. Start yeah. small. And for one, you have to start. Um, this is, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So this is direct from, a, I, I can't take credit for this idea because it's not mine, but I execute on it. Um, it's um, create kind of a power list every day of three to five items that are, that you will do. Right. And whether that's drink 50 ounces of water, maybe you don't drink water at all now. Cause that was me. Like I'm a, I'm still a soda drinker. Um, I'm going to drink 50 ounces of water today and I'm going to walk one time around my block and I'm going to respond to these five emails that have been putting off that I just don't want to do. And you create this list every day and you check the things off, right? The whole concept there is because if you failed yourself over and over again, and if you were like me, you didn't really care if you gave up on yourself you need to rebuild the belief in yourself. And the way you do that is you execute on very simple tasks every day. And you're able to look at the end of the day, like I did drink 50 ounces of water and you know what? I went to the end of the block and I returned those emails 
And after you string a bunch of days together, you start feeling better about yourself and then you make bigger goals. Mm -hmm. So maybe now you're not going to, maybe now you're going to walk three blocks or maybe now you're going to walk a mile. Um, eventually you start building the belief in yourself that you can do these things because you can. Um, I'm telling you, you can. You just don't believe it right now, right? Mm -hmm. Whoever's listening. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, I need to join a gym and I need to, you know, get on this fitness plan. And, and really, I, eventually that will come, but you need to start small and start doing things to build your belief back into yourself that you actually can do it. Mm -hmm. That's my advice. I, and I think that's fantastic advice. And, and I'm sure what I hope the audience is getting what you're saying. And I'm going to have you expand on it a little bit more because they're probably hearing that, okay, Kelly's telling me to make a to-do list. And I sense what you're talking about is probably not a to-do list because then you can have 20, you see it a lot with new year's resolutions. People say, okay, right. I'm going to change these 20 different things. And then by the second week, they're really not changing anything at all. Right. So I think you mentioned three to five things, correct? Yep. Yes. Okay. And how do you go about prioritizing what three to five things would maybe be good for you or be good for someone else? Um, well, I think one of them, the first one is water. That is the easiest one. Say the same that, thing. You know what I mean? Water, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, it sounds easy, but it's hard. Like right now I'm in a, I'm in a challenge because now, now challenges are my love language, right? Like if you throw down me a competition, like I'm all in, right? <laughs> I drink it. I now drink a gallon of water a day. Nice. And I never used to do that. Right. Yeah. So, um, and that's where I started. Like I started with on my little list, like, okay, I'm going to drink 50 ounces of water every mm -hmm. day. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that's, that's an easy priority. And then it just kind of depends on where you're at in your life. Um, one of the thing, another thing that's really easy is, um, reading, reading mm -hmm. 10 pages a day of mm -hmm. some, whatever book. Right. Um, so I think because, it starts in the mind, you start working on your mind. And the way you do that is building the belief in yourself. A lot of people, again, they, they go right to, I want to lose weight. What do I need to do that? And really, my advice is start in your head and the body will follow. Yeah. That's fantastic advice. And, and where I usually will start people, if let's just say we're going to prioritize three things throughout the course of the day, let's have one thing that's in regards to fueling your body. Like it could be water. Let's have another thing that's in regards to movement and exercise. Maybe it's walking around the block. Maybe it's running three miles, whatever it happens to be. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing would be, let's focus on something with your mind. Like uh, people, we all absorb information differently. For some people, they might say, you know what, Kelly, I hate to read. But yeah. I love to listen to audiobooks or I love yeah. to watch motivational videos. So I just say, I don't really care what it is. But at some point throughout the course of the day, put something positive into your brain because it will make a massive difference. Thousand percent agree. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a book. So, I will. There's yeah. something I just like. <laughs> so for where you're at right now, um, do you have any specific what any specific routines or daily rituals that you swear by that have helped lead to your success above and beyond some of the things maybe that we've talked about? Um, 
one of the things right now, and again, my, you know, it's been two and a half years for, for this journey for me. So one of the, the space that I'm currently in right now is, um, you know, I call it my tribe, mm-hmm. um, my tribe of people that I yeah. surround myself with. And I have this little part of a group and we're like the little fab four, right? Um, every morning, one of us has a text going by usually 4.30 or 5 a.m. So it is not uncommon for me to wake up um, and have like 28 notifications of emails of this whole text string going on. And one of one of the girls even said, I love this because it's like waking up to a Tony Robbins seminar every single morning. And what a phenomenal way to start my day. Then again, it goes back to feeding my mind with positivity like mm-hmm. you know, they, and we're all supporting each other saying you got this or if someone's struggling we're like okay what are you struggling with how can we help um right now that is the um where i'm at in my space right now is that fundamentally helps me every single morning start mm-hmm. my day off right and so so if you don't have that that tribe right now if you're listening and you're like well i don't have anybody like that then go you just need to seek yeah, that, that was going to be my next question is for people that don't have a tribe. And I'm obviously a huge believer that who you surround yourself with matters. Where, I mean, have these people been with you through the entire process or how did you end up finding the people that are now part of your 4am club, let's call yes, it, your tribe? Yes. Yeah. yeah, one of them is my nephew. So that's been kind of a lifelong thing. Yeah. With him. Okay. <laughs> or I've known him. I've known, I should say I've known him all his life, right? Sure. Um, one of the, like I mentioned before, my husband's a firefighter. So one of the other uh, ladies is a firefighter's spouse. Um, and she and I, like, we've always seen each other at events, but really uh, fitness, this, this journey is what brought us together um, to be really close. Um, and then the other, the fourth person, I've never met her in person. I've only known her on Instagram, right? Really? Yes. Wow. Never met her. And she is hands down one of my favorite human beings, right? Her husband is a police officer. Um, so obviously public service, um, that, that family um, has very, you know, common ties. Um, but, but I think it's phenomenal. Like social media kind of, it does get a bad rap and it's a time suck, right? But it creates phenomenal relationships if you're open to it. And so that's, that's you know, how we all interplay yeah how we all know each other i suppose i can just reveal this right now and you would have no way of knowing it but you do secretly motivate me from time to time reading your social media things and it's still not going to get me to do 4 a.m but i do read it and i'm like kelly's getting after it on friday night like Okay. You know, it's like, okay, Scott, like you better you know, put on, I I'm just being it. honest with you. Hey, we all need motivation. I think you let off with it that some people, you know, I don't have any idea if people look at me like this, but things don't always come easy for me, whether it's eating well, working out, mm-hmm. speaking, whatever it happens to be, we all have ups and downs and right. we need motivation. We need to be picked up from these different places. So I guess I can thank you for doing that. Oh, I appreciate it. That, you just made my day. <laughs> I like to plug you too, because if people are looking for a book, you do have a phenomenal, I did read Outperform the Norm. Oh. So that is obviously um, a book that people should have in their rotation. If they have a 
And I did not pay Kelly to say that no, for the record. So no, <laughs> no, <laughs> thanks for the exactly. plug. I appreciate it. Well, um, you know, it's interesting too, when you say that, um, uh, like I don't, like I don't set out to motivate people, right? I just share my journey. And if it does motivate someone, then all the better. And then I do know, I mean, I know that people are like, oh, she's posting again, right? Or she's at the gym again or, or whatever. And, and I, I've come to the place in my life because I think in general, one of the things that holds people back is their fear of what other people think of them. And I used to be in that space. I 100% used to be in that space. Um, through this journey, it's built confidence to the point where, like they say, um, like if you walk into a room, you know, are you afraid of what, if people don't like you, right? And when you get the confidence, that still is going to happen because you're not for everyone and everyone's not for you. When you get the confidence and when you're kind of at where I'm at mentally over this journey, you can walk in the room and people don't like you and you're okay with that because mm -hmm. they're not your people and you're not their people. And so that when I post stuff, um, I know people might not like it or, you know, and, and that's okay. Right. Because inevitably people have to start when they're ready and when, when they're ready to receive that information and you, they may not be ready. And so it's easier to be like, Oh, look at her. And you know, they may hate on me, but it's only, you know, because they're frustrated with themselves. Right? Yeah. It actually has nothing to do with you. Exactly. You, you come to realize that. But I mean, that's one of the things I heard yeah. long ago when I first started writing my books, you need to know who you're going to repel to know who you'll attract. And I think it applies to all areas of our lives. Like when I was writing books and I first started out, I had complete writer's block because I was trying to write a book that would please everyone. You know, right. well, I don't want to offend this person. I wanted to appeal mm -hmm. to them and appeal to the other people. And then you end up becoming just bland white rice, you know, and I think mm -hmm. one of the things that whether we set out to do it or whether it just happens that way, when you become motivational, it's because you're actually showing up and you're, you're like bearing your soul and you're just saying, this is my authentic self and you're living it every day and you're just putting it out there. And whether you love it or you hate it, it's me, you right. know, and, and you can receive it however you want to. Yep. Absolutely. We are like, we're like right there. <laughs> like kindred <laughs> spirits here. Yes, we are. <laughs> so what's, I mean, you obviously come a long way and I know that you've still got more that you want to do. What's, um, what's next on the journey for Kelly Anderson? Right now, I actually am studying to be, become, a, to get certified to be a personal trainer. Um, what certification are you getting? NASM. Okay. I've got that one. Yeah. Uh, of course you do. Well, I don't, why do you say that? I mean, it's just... Because it's a good one. It's oh, a good one. Yeah, right, right. Um, and, uh, and then eventually at some point, because food is obviously 80% of the journey, right? 80% of the struggle, I think, um, comes from food. And so understanding the relationship with food and nutrition. So eventually then I want to get like a nutrition certification, whatever that looks like, right? Um, because I think food fascinating. Mm -hmm. it, it really is like, we just think it's just like, you know, just something quick to eat, but it really is what I'm learning more and more. It's the outside world's way to program our genetics. And so really it, mm. it is when, the, when we say farm, you know, farm to table, like it, it's legit. Right. And, um, 
like if I think about my parents, I'm going on a complete tangent here, but it, like I think about my parents' generation, like they grew up and they had cooked meals every night, right? I'm kind of in the generation that straddled, like we, we started with TV dinners and then we started with fast food. Now my boys, they're in the generation where they live fast food a lot. And so even though we've come a long way with like medicine, um, there are predictions that like my kids are going to live less because, because of the food that they, they are putting in their bodies. And so if you think about that, it's really, really fascinating. And so nutrition is becoming even more important in the scope of the journey. Mm -hmm. So that's why ultimately I think I want to get some sort of nutrition certification to go along with personal training and what I'm going to do with those certifications. I really have no idea, but they're goals. Right. And I just, I'm, like I said in the beginning, I'm a lot less road in front of me than behind me. So I've got a finite amount of time to make an impact. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have you back on this podcast again. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. I'm letting you know right now. It. I'm not sure exactly when it's going to happen, but I'm sure this is going to be very popular with the audience, but we're going to talk more about nutrition and I love it. It's, um, it's just such a big thing. When we talk about fueling our body, I just don't think a lot of people make the link between what they put into their body and how it impacts the way they think, feel, and perform on oh, any yeah. level. So oh, it's yeah. a big, big deal. We're going to come back to it. I don't want to keep you on here for two hours today. Um, okay. But do you have any favorite motivational quotes or sayings that you live by? Um, yes, I do. I have about three of them. One of them I already said. We, which is a kindred spirit for both of us, uh, embrace the suck. <laughs> you just got to do it. You got to embrace the suck. The Navy um, SEALs. The, That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the next one is um, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. Yeah. I, I love like that, that one, one. Right. Mm -hmm. And we, that's what we do as a society. We are given images that we have to compare ourselves against all the time and it rock, you can feel like you're rocking an outfit and then you see some other girl, speaking from a woman's perspective, maybe in the same outfit. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, she looks better, right? Like, what did you just do? You just killed your joy. Don't compare, right? So compare, I, I, it's, a, it's a favorite of mine. And then the last one is, um, um, I always mess this up. If you want to go fast, own, if you want to go far, you go together. And that speaks to my fundamental belief in that you need a tribe of people around you to help you succeed. Because you can't, it is rare for people to do it 100% on their own. It can it be done, absolutely. But you need to find your tribe. And that's why I tell people, if you need a tribe, I am your tribe. I don't care if, I don't, if you're listening to this podcast um, and you need a tribe, you are welcome in my end anytime. I would probably challenge you on that. I don't think anybody succeeds alone ever. Okay, I just, <laughs> I, I just really don't. I don't think it can happen. You can, you can try and create that narrative and tell yourself that in your head. Like I did this all myself, but right. the bottom line is, I mean, anything that I've done in my life, I, I attribute a lot of it to just who I surrounded myself with. And I think it's such a powerful thing that it we is. all have to think about. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Is there anything that you wish I asked you that I didn't? Hmm. We've talked about a lot of different things here. So anything that I missed? Um, I don't think so. I don't think that, I don't think so. Maybe what my favorite college sports team is. I don't know. Uh, we don't need to talk about Kansas, right? <laughs> I Unless know. 
unless you're going to say Wisconsin Badgers, then we no. don't. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be the Badgers. <laughs> but is it Kansas? I, I it think is. I, it is my yeah. Kansas Jayhawks. So I guess either a rock, rock chalk Jayhawk. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, well, I, I do tend to throw that line out every once in a while. In my both on, both so. Can, both Kansas and Wisconsin had a tough NCAA tournament oh. this year, so it was too yeah, bad. Yeah, maybe they, maybe they forgot it was March. I don't know. I know, <laughs> seriously, something like that. Uh, but to wrap this up, yeah. uh, any other parting shots or words of wisdom that that you would like to leave with the audience? Um, no, other than uh, uh, cultivate your discipline, because discipline gets it done. Motivation, you're not going to be motivated every day. I'm not motivated every day to get to the gym, even still two and a half years into it. Motivate your, or uh, cultivate your discipline. That is my. Okay. We're not going to end this yet because you (laughs) you have to solve. So I'm sorry for anybody out there listening. This might go all day. We'll see. (laughs) Cultivate your discipline. How does someone become disciplined because I know you brought up accountability before so does mm-hmm. does discipline come from knowing you're going to be accountable to someone or something initially and then it's just a muscle that gets strengthened or for someone out there that's like well yeah okay that sounds really good like I need to cultivate my discipline but I can't get out right. of bed like I can't drink more water I can't pass you know the drive through at McDonald's going home from work like mm-hmm. how do I do that I think it's doing the things that I alluded to, like the list, right? And really fundamentally, it is, and you've said this, um, I think we both alluded to this, it's the people, and I will say images, social media, whatever, that you surround yourself with. And if you surround yourself with people and images that don't reinforce your belief that it's okay to constantly go out and eat and then wonder why you're not losing weight, or that you're constantly like, oh, I'll have a beer here. Or I'll have this handful of M&Ms and then wonder why you're not losing weight. Like when you, um, you, the discipline comes from the images and the people that you feed your mind daily. And that is the number one thing that you, 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 you have to change. And sometimes you, you might lose friendships, right? Like, and there, you'll see memes and you'll see everything on, on Facebook or, or Instagram. Like, you know, I didn't work this hard to stay the same because it's true. Like you yeah. will change as a person yeah. um, when you go through um, a journey like I have and you change your mindset because you want something better for yourself. And it's not that your friends or your family don't want the best for you. It's almost like, um, I was just talking about this with a friend. It's almost like if you have a group of smokers and then all of a sudden one of the smokers is not smoking anymore. The rest of the group, they get upset because they think that their former friend now is rejecting them, right? And saying, you're not good enough for me anymore because I'm not a smoker, but you're smokers, right? And that's not, again, that's that's um, people's interpretations of other people's actions, but that's, that's in, that ends up what that is what ends up happening when you go for, through a transformation journey is that your friends and family want to keep you where you are. They want to be supportive, but um, they, they kind of want to keep you where you are. And so you really have to, um, to become disciplined. You have to surround yourself with, again, the people in the images that live in the space where you want to eventually live. 
Yeah. So if there were three things that I think I've got from you today, it's, it's the mindset part of it is so key. Surrounding yourself with positive people and a tribe of people that are going to support yeah. you is massively important. And then just the, the sheer discipline part of taking three to five things that you're going to accomplish every day and, and starting small and making sure those yeah. happen. I think of, I've been doing so much study and, and so much speaking on goal setting and habit formation, especially early in the year. And it's mm-hmm. each time, I think I heard James Clear talk about it um, in his, his new book about habits, but it's just each time that you do something big or small and you check it off the list, it casts a vote for I'm this sort of person, you know, and you could be someone that's saying, well, yeah, I'm a healthy person, but then you're not making healthy choices. You're not doing things. And your brain doesn't like that incongruency when you're telling yourself you're something, but it, you know you're not casting the votes to allow that to happen. So I think actually taking those small things and checking it off and just doing yeah. that repeatedly, now all of a sudden that discipline muscle, let's call it, is getting strengthened yeah. and, yeah. Yeah, and the rest you, is history. You know, you you actually hit a key point that I didn't make earlier is that you have to write it down. You cannot keep it in your head. And I will tell you, I don't know what it is, but there is a power in writing it on a piece of paper and checking it off. So do not keep it in your head. Don't think, oh, I want to do these three things today. You have to write it down and then you can check it off. And there's such satisfaction in doing that. And there's a lot of statistical research that goes into that as well. It's like you have to get it out of your head. And then when you write it down on something, and I am actually a pen and paper kind of guy where it's, I don't care what apps you use or anything else. There's something that happens when you get what you want to do out of your head, write it down. So it becomes real in front of you. And then you cross that out. It's just. And then it's not negotiable, right? Because you wrote it down and you can't like, well, what I meant was this in your head, right? Because you can do that all you want in your head, but when it's on a piece of paper and it's black and white, you can't really do that. No, not at all. All right, we are going to wrap this up. So for the second and final time, I promise, is there anything else that you would like to, words of wisdom or parting shots, last words for the audience? Nope, I think we covered it. (laughs) All right, Kelly. Well, on behalf of all the the audience, the listeners, the viewers, thanks for sharing your story. And I mean, there are so many different nuggets where I really hope people listen to this, hopefully more than once and really listen to what you said, because there's such gold in so many of the different strategies. So we thank you very much for taking the time and you're truly an outperformer. Thanks Scott. So are you. All right, everybody have a great day. Take care. Bye. Hello, Outperformers. Three more quick things before we sign off here today. First and foremost, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I understand how many different podcasts are out there, and I do not take a single second of your time for granted because time is truly our most valuable asset. It is our most precious commodity, and I appreciate you taking that time and you spending it with us here today. Second, if you found value in this podcast, maybe you've noticed, but podcasting has gotten quite popular as of late. And if you would like to help support the Outperforming Movement and the Outperform Podcast, one of the best ways that we can get it found is for you to give it a favorable review and rating on whatever your favorite podcasting platform happens to be. So head on over to iTunes, head on over to Google Play, and give it a favorable review. 
And while you do that, also share it with someone else that you know that is just like you, is driven by growth and wanting to be the best personally and professionally in every single thing that they do. Number three, if you want even more tools and tips and strategies to be able to be your best personally and professionally, head on over to scottwelly.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. There are loads of different resources for you on everything from goal setting and grit to resiliency and focus to confidence and motivation and routines and habits and everything that you can possibly imagine to help you be your absolute best every single day, personally and professionally. Once again, if you'd like to access those free resources, head on over to scottwelly.com, S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. So as I sign off, thank you again for spending your time with me here today. Keep outperforming and as always, wish you the best of health, happiness, and high performance. Have a great day.